Hi, everyone. This is Ron Hirschberg. Welcome back. This is an unanticipated release from Homebase Nation. In a few weeks, we will release season four, and we've been working over the past few months to bring you another great season. But given what's going on in the world right now, our mental health care community, our military community has its finger on the pulse uh, with you all. And our hearts are going out to the Ukrainian people and all those trying to escape violence. We acknowledge that a new conflict like this may stir up complicated emotions and memories among our veterans, active duty troops, and all of our military families. We sat down on Tuesday to record an upcoming episode with Mistress Carrie, who's Boston's beloved rock DJ and spouse of an active duty Marine, in conversation with our very own Brigadier General Jack Hammond. The two met in 2011 in Afghanistan when General Hammond was leading command and Mistress Carey was embedded with U.S. troops. During this recording the other day, the conversation turned to the situation in Ukraine, not surprisingly, and we talked about how this might affect our veteran and military family communities. So we, we felt it was important to share this with our audience today, ahead of an episode release in a few weeks. Thanks for joining us. Well, I think one of the big challenges that we're facing right now is awful as the withdrawal out of Afghanistan was, and it was handled so poorly, and the human suffering that took place as a result of some pretty bad strategic decisions, when it's over, it's over, right? And when we were there, you know, there was talk of shutting down. And somebody said, when, you know, when's Afghanistan going to end? And we all said the same thing. We don't know. And they're like, well, you know, why should we keep going? And we said, well, as a country, we're going to have to decide whether we're going to allow a human genocide to take place at our initiation, right? I joined the army back in 1981 because I hate bullies. And you know what I mean? And when you see people getting bullied, it triggers something and you, you wanna go. And we saw just, we've seen lately this week, groups of veterans going back over there to join the free legion uh, that the president Zelensky is offering to stand up of international fighters to come over and help them. Uh, because it does trigger you, just like we had the special operations guys that went back into Afghanistan after the withdrawal to help rescue not only Americans, but Afghans who were supportive of us. Um, as you look at what's going on in Ukraine right now, we have 90,000 troops in and around. I mean, they, they, you know, the Russians have 150,000 poorly trained, poorly led soldiers over there with crappy equipment that's breaking down everywhere. And, and they're being thwarted by a civilian militia and a small under-resourced army um, to, a, to what appears to be a, a second-tier superpower, right? Um, because it's drive, it's motivation, it's spirit. And that inspires all of us. And when you see these graphic images of indiscriminate bombing into civilian areas, which is a war crime, you see families huddled in the um, subway stations like you know London in World War II during the Blitz, a kid's hospital blown up and the NICU is now in moved to a, a, a subway terminal. Um, it, it's, it's triggering for a lot of guys. For the first time, I'm seeing it from a wife's perspective, because when I was overseas embedded in Iraq and Afghanistan, I saw it from the troops perspective. And so now, you know, my husband, I believe, is just finishing up his ninth deployment, the third since we've been together. And... I was sighing this. He literally comes home this week and sighing, you know, relief that, okay, he's home. He's going to be in the States. And now I'm watching the news. And from the perspective of 
the journalist that I am and the work I've done with the military, I'm like, okay, here we go again. So now I'm looking at what's going on with Ukraine going, okay, what are we getting ourselves into? And then the other half of my brain as a military spouse is like, oh, no. We're coming off, a, you know, two years of COVID isolation where people were kind of processing that after two decades of war, a, a horrible um, pullout from Afghanistan. And now we're seeing a potential World War III beginning um, because, you know, you've got this, this narcissistic boob, uh, Putin, who is already throwing nuclear um, potential into the mix when he's, you know, he's losing a conventional war to a small group of um, patriots. Um, it's a triggering event. We now have guys from the 101st, the 82nd, and the 173rd Airborne, along with helicopters and fighter jets in every NATO bordering country, standing as freedom's guardian, literally on the, on the gates of this, this oppressive regime to make sure it goes no further. But knowing on the other side of that line are these, Amer these amazing patriots that are just begging for help and just a rifle and a hand grenade, and we're giving them those, but you feel kind of cheap just doing that from the cheap seats. Um, so that's a whole thing for everybody that are, are kind of like bystanders to a trauma because that's happening for every one of those steely-eyed warriors that's sitting on that that checkpoint um, that wants us to, you know, just, I'm up, I'm, I'm up armed, let's go. Because they see what's happening and they know if we, if we introduced our forces, we could stop that tomorrow. We could shut down that Russian army tomorrow and send them packing. But we can't because it risks triggering that next level of nuclear battle, which none of us want. So it's, it's almost like watching an atrocity knowing you can't do anything about it. Um, and we're all getting secondhand trauma watching this um, from home because, you know, when you feel like strapping on and, and getting over there with them, it's, it's that visceral response to seeing people in really dire straits. And you go back to the Green Berets uh, motto of, um, you know, free the oppressed. That, that, that's a central tenet for all of us. And you can't get away from it. You can't be on social media. You can't watch television without constant war updates and constant. So if someone is struggling with their mental health after two decades of war and, and COVID, like the general said, and the extraction out of Afghanistan. So I can't imagine what it's like to be someone who served 20 years in the military and now they're at home with a civilian job raising their kids. The guilt that some of these guys must be feeling because they're not in the military anymore and they're watching what's going on in the news. And it's been amazing to me to watch Twitter and TikTok because our veterans are on social media tweeting to Ukrainian civilians where the weak spots in these Russian tanks are, where to hit with the Molotov cocktail. I'm watching these tweets just last night where they're like, if you stick a bicycle frame in this part of the track, it'll disable the tank. And literally our veterans through social media are training civilians to ward off a Russian insurgency. It's, it's, it's insane. You know, and so we, I really, you're going to see a combination of folks um, going over there to help in person. And you're going to see a lot of support for these folks because they are, you know, fighting our fight because this is a, this is a reenactment of the Cold War. They're trying to go back to the days of the Soviet world. And it's just such a bizarre environment because, you know, financially, Russia wasn't was never in a better spot in their history than they were in the last three years because of the economic 
benefit they had from natural gas and energy sources, right? They've been flush for the first time. And instead of using that to further build on success and grow their country, they turned the other way towards enslaving people and going back to the old ways, which is just, it's just crazy. And right now we're sitting here on March 1st with a 40 mile long convoy of Russian trucks on its way to Kiev. And we're in a very different place technology wise than we were in the initial drive to Baghdad in 2003 and in the initial response in Afghanistan after 9-11. I, I don't know how not only our veteran population, but the general population of the United States is going to handle watching a graphic war live on not just television, but on the internet. I don't know what this is going to do to the mental health of the entire population of the planet because of technology. So you make an unbelievable point. Now with the digital world we live in, we've got a situation where we're getting stuff from every single person. It doesn't have to come from a TV station, a radio station, a media person. Every individual person, like in every other aspect of our lives, can become a, a journalist, an independent journalist, right? And you're seeing TikToks, um, tweets, you're seeing Instagram photos instantaneously transmitted from the war zone. And it, it is chasing the face of combat because combat is always horrible. The things you see in war are horrible and, and you don't really try and show them that much. And, and, and one of the things the Russians are set, they have the ability to crush that country. I mean, they've got strategic bombers that could flatten the whole country. They've got nuclear weapons. They've got those um, vacuum bombs that we saw one go off yesterday. And so at any time they want to pull all the cards down, it's just the, they, they, they know they're going to be judged also because there's cameras everywhere. And the carnage they're going to cause is going to be inexplicable. And so, you know, really what I always thought was going to be the second act was going to be the insurgency. Because as we learned in Iraq, you can win the war we can win all the battles and then ultimately lose the ground through the insurgency if you don't do things right. And we played it pretty close to the rules. You know, there were missteps here and there in Iraq and Afghanistan, but we followed the rules. The Russians, there are no rules when it comes to killing people. And, you know, when you shoot up, when you blow up a hospital with little babies in it, it you, the rules are off the table. And when they take the gloves off, it's going to get bad. There's still 40 million Ukraine that all have rifles now and that all have sticky bombs and that have Molotov cocktails. And so, you know, my old friend, Sergeant Major Dave Costa, who Mistress Carey knows, th veteran of three wars, told me one thing a long, long time ago. You can make me do it. I can make you wish you hadn't. You know, Russia can take the country. The Ukraine, Ukrainian people can make them wish they hadn't because um, they, you, can, you can take that ground. You can blow up Kiev. You can take Odessa. You, of course you can. You have the power. Keeping it's the hard story because every single day these folks coming at them. But the, the national and now international trauma that we're seeing, you're seeing unprecedented protests in, in um, Moscow. You know, he made it a criminal offense to do it on day one. And day one, people broke that rule. And now there's, there's large groups. There's so many people, you can't arrest them. And you may have seen uh, the, the international cyber hacking group, Anonymous, has declared war on Russia and shut down their defense ministry. And I'm sure the technology isn't great. Russian hackers are well known, but when the shoe's on the other foot and everybody's hammering them with hacking, they can disable them. So th there's so much more going on now. And so what, what do we say to 
civilians that are a grateful nation? And what do we say to our, our military families now? I think for me, it would be to, to talk to the civilians and the families of our troops to make them aware that this could be affecting their veteran and military loved ones in a way that it's not affecting them because of where they've been and what they've done in previous conflicts. And to be mindful of that and to watch for hints that they may be struggling with their mental health. I think what's happening now is we're going to have a lot of military and veterans that are going to feel useless because they're on the sidelines watching what's going on. And we need to remind those people that we're still grateful for the service they've already contributed to our country and that it's okay that they're not still in the fight themselves. And to also let them know that, you know, you may not have worn a uniform in a while, but this could be affecting you. And there's places that you, it's okay to talk about it. So a lot of times what we call these are buddy checks and lots of units have started them. Lots of veterans organizations have started so you, you get you get the usual suspects you want to just check in on, make sure they're doing okay. And so there's a lot of late night phone calls that you get or calls period at any time. Uh, and the key is to number one to, to listen and hear what they have to say. Figure you know let them kind of talk through it a little bit, and, and gain you, know, you you have to get a sense of are they just trying to blow off some steam and they're trying to you know process what's going on yeah. or are they are, you know it's, it goes back to a, a military adage are you hurt or you injured? If you're hurt you suck it up. If you're injured, you need medical attention. And so I think you can kind of translate that into some men the mental health challenges we've got. Are you hurt where you just need to talk it out with somebody or you're injured where you need medical help? And then that that's important where we get them connected to the care they need. Um, and that's one of the things that home base can do. Um, and I know um, Carrie's referred a number of folks to the program to get them the help they need. And what's great is, you know, no matter where they are in the world, um, we can fly them here and get them the care they need from first class providers. Um, but th that's the key though, is when, you know, to listen a little bit and try and gauge whether they're hurt or they're injured. And if they're hurt, let them hear it out, let them talk it out. Um, and as Carrie mentioned, let them know that they've served and they've done their duty. And it, it doesn't make it, that it, there's a little bit of a sting when you see little kids fighting a war that grownups should be fighting. And, and that's going to bother a lot of guys. And I'm telling you, those folks in Poland, Estonia, Latvia, um, all those border countries are, are feeling it. And they, they, you know, nobody wants a kid fighting a war that they can not only fight, but win. Thanks so much to our guests today, Brigadier General Jack Hammond, who's executive director at Home Base, and Mistress Carey. This conversation was recorded on March 1st, 2022, and the whole conversation will be released later on this month. This segment was co-produced and edited by Lucy Little. Homebase Nation is the official podcast of Homebase, a partnership of the Massachusetts General Hospital and the Red Sox Foundation. Remember, if you or your loved one needs help, go to homebase.org or call our clinic, 617-724-5202. As always, thank you for listening and for your support. We hope to have you right back with us in just a few weeks when Homebase Nation returns for season four.